And welcome to a new episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for joining us. Well, as we look at 2024, the year ahead, the National Agricultural Law Center, based in Arkansas, called 2023 a year for significant developments and changes on the legal front. Harris Pittman, director of the Ag Law Center, says there's a lot of issues they'll be keeping a close eye on in 2024. I think the Endangered Species Act, and particularly its relationship to the pesticide registration and re-registration and how that looks going forward. I think that's one that we're going to spend a tremendous amount of time on in 2024. It was a big deal in 2023, but that is a major shift in that part of the ag industry. And I think it's one that's going to continue in a big way in 2024. I would keep a close eye on the litigation side with respect to pesticides. There's still quite a few cases going on. They're not all being decided the same way, but there have been a few over the last couple of years, and at least one recently, where the verdict has been very financially significant, at least before appeals take place. The waters of the U.S. or WOTUS will still be something to watch in the new year. I would keep a good eye on that one. That whole issue is important, but the traditional part of it, like the EPA and Corps of Engineers jurisdiction of what is the waters of the United States, that will remain important. The part that I would watch is what is happening in the wake of the U.S. Supreme Court decision in the Sackett case that came out in the spring of just last year, because I think that can trigger activity in state proposals that cut both ways. The aftermath of the Supreme Court's decision on California's Proposition 12 will be another legal issue in 2024. A third one that would be really important to watch is the fallout in the wake of the Supreme Court's decision on Proposition 12, which is the California Animal Welfare Law that basically opened the door up to the degree to which states might be able to regulate what would otherwise often be considered commerce that would otherwise be left to the U.S. Congress to regulate. So I think that could spawn a lot of legislative proposals, both agriculture-related and non-agriculture-related, and probably will. And since we're coming into sessions around the country now that we're getting into January, I'd expect that to pick up. And foreign land ownership will be something to watch this year as well. We're going to see several states advance bills again this year because there's been numerous federal proposals, but they really haven't had a good vehicle yet legislatively to get enacted. I would expect something at the federal level to be enacted as potentially part of the farm bill process that could happen there, or parts of these federal proposals could find their way into an appropriations deal. Should we be able to get one, hopefully without a government shutdown. And once again, that's Harrison Pittman, director of the National Agricultural Law Center. Well, CHS has shared some of their farm bill priorities. American Ag Network's Kaylee O'Mang has a story. Expanding renewable liquid fuels, such as ethanol and biodiesel, and increasing trade negotiations are top priorities for CHS. CHS is one of the largest agricultural cooperatives in the country. Will Stafford is the Director of Federal Affairs with CHS. He says there are items outside the farm bill that the cooperative is pushing in the new year. Meanwhile, the 2023 farm bill's deadline has been extended to September of 2024. Will says the extension gives the cooperative a buffer to make sure the legislation is done right. An extension and a longer term extension to give farmers and businesses some certainty uh, for the next year is is definitely a good thing. Um, And uh, I still think that we will get a five year bill done at some point. You know, no farm bill is easy, but I do think that there's the leadership in the House and Senate to get something done. And CHS will be there advocating on behalf of our owners um, until that happens. And not surprisingly, the most important part of the farm bill is 
When I talk to our farmer owners, they always say the most important thing is protecting crop insurance. So that's number one. You also want to make sure that there's a strong farm safety net outside of that, that commodity programs are working correctly. And then outside of that, we're very uh, keen on seeing trade promotion programs expanded, working with Congress to make sure that um, conservation programs are working well for our farmer owners and that cooperatives can play a role in helping our farmer owners access that. We always look at the biofuel section in the energy title. As a diverse business, we we probably have our hand in 80 or 90 percent of the bill. <laughs> yeah. He says the farm bill discussion in Congress won't be without some strong debate. The last few farm bills have always been that nutrition funding. Republicans wanted to see that scaled back or extra eligibility requirements added to that um, as more of a cost-saving measure. That debate will still be there. It it will always be there in a farm bill setting. This time around with the farm side of it, it's a little bit of a wrinkle. You have a lot of grower groups that are saying that the commodity programs are not operating as efficiently or the way that they're intended to and would like to see some changes in there, especially to reference prices for for the PLC program to get more farmers some payouts. That would obviously cost money. Republicans want to see some funding taken from conservation programs, extra money that was added to the Farm Bill last year. Democrats would like to see that stay more in the conservation title. So we're going to have to see how that debate plays out. Again, that's Will Stafford, Director of Federal Affairs for CHS. I'm Kaylee Oming. Well, 49 states, Montana's the latest one, have now allowed the sale of 15% corn ethanol blended gasoline. But the biggest state in the nation's trendsetter in new vehicle emission standards, California, still says no. Renewable Fuels Association Senior Vice President for Industry Relations and Market Development, Robert White. E15 was approved by EPA and the first station opened clear back in 2012. So we are now almost 12 years into the process of trying to get all of the states approved to offer E15. And California remains the last holdout. But how can the state that prides itself on such tough auto emission standards refuse consumers a lower carbon renewable fuel? They've been really focused on their low carbon fuel standard and expanding that. And of course, their interest in electric vehicles. But again, they can set whatever goals they want emission wise, but don't exclude the liquid fuels from helping out in the interim or the long term and don't uh, stop innovation and technology at the same time. And until the California Fuel Policy Setting Panel changes its stance. No action by the California Resources Board is is keeping the fuel price artificially inflated, but at the same time causing more pollution than is necessary. White says ultimately RFA expects California to become the 50th state to okay E15 sales as an interim step to bring down emissions and the highest gas prices in the nation. Well, the U.S. Grains Council's office in Beijing, China, recently hit the road to present the 23-24 Corn Harvest Quality Report, discussing sorghum opportunities and protecting market share for U.S. coarse grains. The council conducted a corn quality roadshow and seminar in two of China's most populated provinces. Manuel Sanchez, USGC director in China, says, quote, more than 60 traders and end users from all over China attended our seminar to learn about the harvest quality of our 23-24 U.S. corn crop and other critical topics affecting the global coarse grain market. As one of the primary destinations for American corn sorghum, it's vital that the council engage with customers in China to share the latest market information, end quote. Now, in addition to reviewing the report, the seminars welcome speakers who discuss the challenges and opportunities for corn globally, the current drought hitting the Panama Canal, and a 2023 U.S. sorghum harvest and market outlook.
And that is all the time we have for this episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Thank you so much for joining us, as always, and listening into the program. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you and yours a great rest of your day.